Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. We, we heard in the last few speakers we have have preached about cleaning our houses out. I don't want anything hidden in my house that's not right with God. How many feel that way? My wife got up and said to delay is to disobey, she said. And she's right. And it's, uh, um, let, me, let me ramble for a minute before I preach. But lay your Bibles down and remain standing. Everybody take your hand and, and make a circle like that. That's the people in your life that speak in your life. It's your circle. Jesus was wise enough to surround himself with people that would strengthen him. That's why he handpicked 12 disciples so they'd be a strength to him. That's true. He wasn't only encouraging them. Matter of fact, he looked, looked at him in a moment of his life. He said, could you not stay awake with me one hour? And I think all of us have those friends, I think. Uh, but this is, the circle is who influences you. And the circle will determine who you become. It's very true. Now I want you to open up that, open up that circle just like that. There's another voice that we don't include in that circle. It's called media. Media is a voice that speaks into your life. That determines who you are. Just because it's not an individual person that comes to a screen does not mean it doesn't have the same influence. That's why movies can scare you, can make you feel romantic. It's just a screen, but it, it, it stimulates emotions in us and can even impact the change of your morality and your convictions. You better be careful what that, that influencer is saying to you in this hour. Let the church say amen. amen. Praise God. And if we're not careful, we will allow media. I've seen people that media is the strongest voice in their life. It overrides the pastor. It overrides God. It overrides the counsel of their parents. Media is a friend. It's a voice. And we got to be careful what we let that say to us because it has repercussions even though it's just entertainment. It's the truth anyhow. I want to be saved. The Bible says don't be ignorant of the devil's devices. Music will influence you. Movies will influence you. How many know it will influence you? How many want to be right with the Lord? I want to be right with the Lord. I don't want to miss this. Eternity's way too long to let the wrong voices in my life. Amen. Revelation chapter 2 verse 17 This is a statement that goes to the individual seven churches of Asia, but on this one, it says, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. How many want to hear? To him that overcometh. Look at your neighbor and say, you've got to be an overcomer. You're going to go through some things and you've got to go over some things. To him that overcometh, it reminds me when the Apostle Paul said, I have fought a good fight. 
I have kept the faith. I've finished my course. What he was saying was I overcome some things. You're gonna have some things to overcome. He said to him that overcometh, will I give to eat of the hidden manna and will give him a white stone and in the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth saving he that receiveth it. Can you say amen? He said, I'm gonna give you a new name. Praise God. The Bible tells us all in the book of Revelation, same book, I want you to turn on back in to chapter 20. Chapter 20, verse 14. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. That's, that is not where we want to go. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. I would like to preach to you today on this subject, a new name, a new name. How many believe God can give you a new name? Would you thank God for his word today before you're seated? God bless you, God bless you. The Apostle Paul wrote most of the books of the New Testament. He would make declarations and he would say, I am an apostle of Jesus Christ. He confidently said as much as I am an apostle that was born out of due time. But he was not always an apostle. You will find that he was the one that held the coat of Stephen while he was stoned. How many know it's true? He was a persecutor of the church. As a matter of fact, the book of Acts says that he wreaked havoc on the church. He actually spread the gospel out of Jerusalem by wreaking havoc on them before he ever preached the gospel. Meaning that when he brought persecution, they scattered out of Jerusalem, went into Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth because of his persecution. But in Acts chapter nine, when he was on his way to Damascus to persecute the church, having a letter of authority to put in bonds or in, in, to bring bound to Jerusalem to imprison and to persecute when he was on his way to find any believer and to put them in jail to separate them from their families. God visited this man by the name of Saul. They visited him and, and a light shined on him. He fell down and it was a bright light that shined into his life. And the Lord said to him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Saul, why are you coming against my people is what he was saying. He was saying this, to come against the church is to come against me. He said, it's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. You can't kick sharp nails and it do, do you any good. He said, you're fighting the wrong fight, Saul. He said, but I've called you to be better than what you are. I've got a plan for your life. You're gonna carry my name and the gospel to the Gentile nation. 
He, he went on and saw when the light, when the light lifted, he was blinded. He, he could not see. It was like scales over his eyes. He could not see. And these men led him. And the Lord said, I want you to go to Ananias. He's going to tell you what you need to do. Well, during that time, God visited Ananias and told him, there is a man by the name of Saul that is coming to you. And I want you to pray for him and lay hands on him because I'm going to do this great work in his life and he's going to be a minister to the Gentile nation. And Ananias said, hold on a minute. Lord, send me, it's almost, send me somebody else. Don't send me Saul. He kills preachers. You know, Lord, I'll take the gospel. I'll pray for anybody, but not that guy. And the Lord told him, said, no, I'm sending him to you because he's prayed. He's repented. He, what, what God was saying is because he's repented, he's not going to be what he used to be. And when Ananias meets up with Saul, before he was even baptized, he said to him, he said in Brother Tucker, he said, he said, come here. He said, Brother Saul, my land, you'd approach in that way too, wouldn't you? You know, making sure he's a brother. He said, Brother Saul, Brother Saul, well, I'm so glad to have you here right now. My goodness, he was glad to call him brother. He didn't just call him Saul. He was glad to call him his brother because the Lord had said he had prayed, which meant that he had repented and he had changed his direction. And when he laid hands on him, the Bible says as if scales lifted from his eyes that he began to see. And when Saul opened his eyes, he was looking at a man of God and he laid hands on him. He was filled with the Holy Ghost and he was baptized, amen, in the name of Jesus. We ought to thank God for that. And Barnabas, Barnabas took Saul, and he took, thank you, Brother Tucker, Barnabas took Saul, which was a son of consolation. He was, everybody needs a Barnabas in their world, and introduces him to the apostles in Jerusalem and says, we need him. You can trust him. You, oh, you, we need him to be with us. And guess what? He became an apostle that later became known as the apostle Paul instead of Saul persecutor of the church. Can I say to everybody in this room, we've all had a title in our life that we wish we did not have. It might have been when you came to the Lord, you had, you had a name called drug addict. You had a name called liar. You had a name called cheater. Maybe you had a name called abuser. When they thought of you, you were a thief. You were this. But when you came to him and you prayed to the Lord, the Lord said, I got a better plan. I'm no longer going to be known as a as an addict, as an abuser, as fearful. God's got a plan for my life. Somebody shout, there is a new name. Praise God, praise God, a new name. His name, how many glad God gave you a new name? Oh yes, a new name. Rebecca said back in the book of Genesis, Rebecca made this statement, this is, this, she, she, she makes this statement um, Isaac's wife and she is with child and I imagine having twins. She was getting ready to be great with child. And uh, she says to the Lord, I feel a struggle. The children struggle together within her. And she said this statement. I, I've had this question in my mind all week. She said, why am I thus? Why am I thus? Would somebody say that with me? Why am I thus? Why am I feeling this way? 
And the Lord said, because there are two nations, there are two nations in thy womb. The two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. The one people shall be stronger than the other people and the elder shall serve the younger. And when, when she had these children, these twin boys were born, Esau was born and when he came out, he was a very, very hairy baby, red all over like a hairy garment. That's what the Bible said. I didn't put that in there. I mean, I don't know. I've always, like, like a, a baby orangutan, I don't know, but came out red all over like a hairy garment. Uh, you'd have to excuse my creativity here, but I, I pictured like a rug mat and all of a sudden the eyes just part the fur. And you know, they, they, they had to name the baby by the eighth day of circumcision and they named the baby Harry. They did. It's Esau, but I can see them contemplating going through the book of 30,000 Hebrew names. Finally, after eight days, Harry. But when Esau was born, when he came out of the womb, there was a hand holding on to his heel. Inside of the womb, there had been a struggle, a wrestling between them. Because whoever comes out first, the firstborn gets the covenant, gets the double portion, gets the blessing of the father, gets the blessing of God. Gets, if you have 10 children, you split the inheritance 11 ways and you give two of them to the oldest son. That, that was called the double portion. Are you, are you with me right now? And so when it came out, it was almost as if Esau, as if Jacob was saying, get back in here. I want the blessing. I want what God has in my life. But that's, that's not, and, and so they, they went through the book of 30,000 Hebrew names and they came out and they said, let's just name him deceiver. Let's name him supplanter. Look at it, from the moment he's born, struggling in the womb, it's like he's trying to take over. He, did, he didn't win in the womb, but it's as if he was trying to steal the birthright and they named him deceiver. That's what Jacob means. It meant a deceiver, a supplanter, little, little dirty rotten kid. And, 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 and uh, could you imagine they, they grow up and Esau, the Bible talks about he was a cunning hunter. He would be out in the wild. But, but Hebrews records it this way. It says that, that in, the, in the hall of faith or Hebrews 11, it says that Abraham dwelt in tents with Isaac and Jacob. Where was Esau? He was outside. He wasn't interested in the promises of God. He, when, when, when Abraham sat down and he would sit the boys on the knees and when they were old enough to be toddlers and let me tell you what God, I, I saw God appeared to me when I separated from he said that north, south, east, and west, whatever I'd see, God was going to give it to you, to me, that there was going to be an inheritance as big as the stars, uh, 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 a nation with as many children as the stars of the sky. And listen, there's a great promise. There's a promised land that's for you. There's a, there's a great blessing in your life. And, 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 and Jacob's just looking at him. Joy, is that going to be mine, Papa? Esau's just looking around. Let me just put it this way. When the young people are on the front 
and pastors preaching about the great things of God. You've got a group of young men like this that are saying, I want it. Young ladies, you got people saying, I want the promises. But then you got the stragglers that come in and sit in the back. And they're thinking about tomorrow. They're thinking about sports. They're thinking about everything else. If we are not careful that when the promises of God are being preached, our mind's going to be on the world instead of what God is going to do. And that's what Esau did. Esau was thinking about the world. He was thinking about the wilderness instead of thinking about what Abraham wanted. And there was a day he came out of the woods. He's hungry. He's starving because he's always extreme. You know, he, he, his belly's hurting, his belly's growling. He comes out and Jacob, the supplanter, the, the kid you don't want to play cards with. He's got the card up his sleeve, you know. He's sitting there, he's got a big, he's got this bowl of porridge cooking and here, here comes Esau buying, Esau can smell it. Jacob knew where he came out of the woods and hunting. He didn't get anything that day and he comes out. Hey, hey brother, what are you cooking? Oh, not nothing. Well, can, oh, it never, uh, just a little, it's just your favorite soup. It's got the, it's got those spices in it you like, but no, it, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Hey, I want some of that. Can I, can I have some of that? Oh yeah, you can have some. Oh man, just around. He said, I'm about to die, Jacob. I'm going to die. He wasn't going to die. He just caught up in his flesh. If I don't have that right now, that's what he said. If I don't have something to eat right now, I'm going to die. I mean, he didn't, you're not looking too scrawny, but he had to have it, Brother Nehemiah, because if I don't get it now, I'm going to die. If we're not careful, that's flesh talking. I can't wait on it. I've got to have it now. You know, I, I, I'll, I'll go to the convenient mart instead of invest in retirement. I've got to have it now. It's a now concept. It's a flesh. Everybody say the flesh. And when he is sitting there, he is sitting there and he, he's there. And finally he says, all right, here, here, here's some. And Esau reaches for it and he's like, hold on a second. I'll give it to you if you give me your birthright. And he says, you can have my birthright because I'm going to die anyhow if I don't eat that soup. He gives him in his future inheritance, double portion, the blessing of the father, the right hand on his head that would be passed down, the impartation of the spirit of his father, which was the promise of blessing of God, the right hand bent on his head. He gives that up for a bowl of soup. My goodness, a scary thought, isn't it? We, we got to get away from that. And I'm just going to go ahead and tell you what that means. That's our firstborn nature. That is our nature that we had before we were born again. That was, I just want to want to live. I just want to have fun. I just want to enjoy whatever I want to do. And that's why he said in Ecclesiastes, go ahead, young man, do whatever you want to do. Whatever pleases your heart or pleases your eyes. But just remember for this, God will bring you into judgment. Man, I don't want to just do what I want to do. I want to do what God wants me to do. He has something better for me than a bowl of soup. Come on, he has something better for me than a bowl of soup. Can you say amen? And Jacob, but the, you know, the supplanter nature, deceiver nature of Jacob was that, is that but he knew that there's something to this inheritance. He knew there's something to this promise. He knew there's something to this blessing. He represents our born again nature that from the moment you come out of the womb of the body of Christ, that you are reaching for something better than a bowl of soup. You are reaching for something better than drugs and alcohol. Come on immorality, corruptness. You were reaching for something better. That's what a born again experience does. It'll cause you to reach for the great things of God. Jacob represents 
our born again nature. Study him. He will do whatever he has to do to get it. When, when you are born again, you'll want to read your Bible. When you're born again, you'll want to go to church. When you're born again, you'll want to reach the lost. When you're born again, you will want for your life what God wants for your life. You know what we need in this church? We need a good old-fashioned renewing of the Holy Ghost, the renewing of our mind. Oh, take this whole world, but give me Jesus. Take this whole world. Somebody say amen. Everybody say a born again experience. Oh, you can be born again. Amen, amen, amen. Saul's no longer killing saints, but what is he doing? He's converting sinners to Christ. There's been a change in his life. Later you'll find that he did. He deceived his brother when, 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 Isaac, when Isaac told him to, to prepare the venison and he went out and told Esau to go get it. Jacob slipped in with a kid, a goat, and prepared a meal, and he received the inheritance, and Esau hated him. How many know that? Esau hated him. Well, what I want to preach to you just for a minute, there will always be a struggle. It, it was in the womb before you were born. There is a struggle that is within all of us. We all, we all are filled with two natures that's in us. We've got an Esau nature that we have to die out daily to. But we also have a Jacob nature. A, a, a man, a Jacob nature. Oh, can I preach to you right now? Oh my, I feel the Holy Ghost in here. There's gonna be a, there's a battle bef between you. Galatians 5 and 16 says that the spirit and the flesh, help me preach. Everybody say the spirit and the flesh are contrary. You ever met somebody contrary? They're contrary one to the other. Oh yeah, they're contrary. When you start living for God, when you start doing the things of God, they, they want to sleep in. They, they don't want the things of God. Oh, but when you start going to the things of the world, the spirit feels convicted. He said they're contrary one to the other. What God wants and what you want doesn't always align. I've never had somebody say, we're going to go on a fast. And I jumped up and said, well, praise God. Sacrificial Sunday, well, flesh wants what flesh wants. But flesh will settle for measly things that are temporal, that will fade away. You sow in the flesh, you reap corruption. But if you sow in the spirit, you'll reap life everlasting. I know it doesn't feel good to fast, but the rewards that come out of that are so uh, exponential compared what happens if you just eat that one meal. Come on. I know it seems to feel better to sleep in instead of pray, but what you get out of that, that getting up and praying is so much greater than it is for, for a, another hour of sleep. I'm preaching to you is that we can't settle for a bowl of soup, something we feel we have to have now. I want God's blessing. I'll fast and pray till it comes. I want God to reach my family. I'll do it. Somebody say amen. And so he became known. He became known. He cheated his own brother out of his blessing. Esau hated him because he received the, 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 the blessing of Isaac. Esau hated Jacob. He said, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to destroy you. I know we talk a lot about the devil, but our flesh does not want to submit to the things of God. How many know that? Give up a cup of coffee for three days. No coke for three days. Your flesh goes crazy. Headaches.
Am I right or wrong? Try to lay pain pills down. Your body will create pain that is not even there. It wants it. It wants to rule. It wants to lead. It wants to do what it wants to do. But that's why you got to realize Paul said in me is no good thing. There is sin within my members. When I would do good, there's evil present with me. He's not talking about the devil. He's talking about the old Esau nature. The one that'll sell everything for a moment right now. But I come to preach to you, you don't have to die in that condition. You don't have to die in that dilemma. You can come out of that mess. You can come out with a strong spiritual nature. Can somebody say amen? How many believe God can bring you out? And when Jacob, when Jacob gets to this point in his life, he starts wrestling some things. He starts wrestling over the name he was given at his birth. He starts wrestling over some things in him. You know, when, when people came and shook his hand, uh, Brother Tucker, I mean, when, when they came and shook his hand, when they said Jacob, it wasn't just Jacob. It was, hi, cheater. Just like it was, hi, Harry. You know, everybody else in youth group got handshakes. Harry got petted. Esau got petted. But listen, when he shook, it was Jacob. It was deceiver. Everybody knew him as deceiver. That's what he was named. That's what his parents called him. That's what everybody called him was Jacob. And when he was trying to strive to do something for God, every corner he turned to, there it was. Hey, Jacob. Laban. Hey, Jacob. He's going to cheat him out of his cows. Hey, Jacob. Cheat him out of his birthright. Hey, Jacob. There was all these things that happened that even though he had this nature to reach for the blessings of God, there was still this label he had received years ago that he was having a hard time with. It's like when people come to God that when they see him on the street, Brother Timothy Johnson, who attends here, uh, he, he was known on the street as Star. That's what they called him, was Star. Because of what he did in the streets. He said, but when I got baptized, I went down as Star and I came up, Brother Timothy. Old things passed away. Behold, all things have been made new. Somebody say, there's a wrestling going on. There's a wrestling in this church that I feel right now that there are, there are people in this room you want to do right, but you've got this title hanging over your head that people have called you for three decades. They've called you for seven years. This is who you are. You're a Jacob. You're a deceiver. This is what you are. But Jacob got sick of it. And somewhere he had an encounter with the angel of the Lord. And he got a hold of that angel in the night. He got a prayer meeting with an angel in the night. And he started wrestling with the angel. Wrestled all night long, Brother Putnam, until the breaking of the day. Look at your neighbor and say, there is a breaking of a new day. He said, at the breaking of the day, finally the angel said to him, finally the angel said unto him, what is thy name? What is thy name? Do you think the angel, you needed clarity? You know, if God ever asks you a question, he's not really looking for you to give him information he does not have. He's trying to bring clarity to you. And he said, what is thy name? Jacob. What'd you say? It's 
Speak a little louder. It's Jacob. I'm sick of being Jacob. I'm sick of thinking about what I used to be. Being a deceiver. People labeled me. People have called me this. Said I was this. I struggle with being a cheater. I struggle with deceiving. I'm the struggle. With, I don't want that anymore. And the angel says to him, he said, Jacob. Somebody say, Jacob. He says to him, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but it shall be Israel. For as a prince, thou shalt have power with God and men. It's no longer going to be Jacob. Listen, I'm going to give you a new name. You're going to have power with God. You're going to have power with men. It is told me that he never made a reference to himself as Jacob thereafter. Others might have called him Jacob, but he walked and said, no, I'm not. I'm Israel. God says I'm Israel. I'm not what I used to be. I've got a new name. I've got a new name. I am somebody. The hand of the Lord. Come on, let's stand to our feet. God will give you a new name. That's what church is about. It's a new beginning. Somebody shout a new name. Oh, clap your hands again and praise him. Praise the name of the Lord. So it really doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter what they called you. We all have, just remain standing. When I was growing up in church, they nicknamed me. Y'all have nicknames in Ohio? They nicknamed me Rodbud. Uncles call me Rodbud. I got gifts from Santa and it said Rodbud on it. My dad called me Rodbud. And the reason they called me Rodbud, because when my pastor was preaching and I was asleep in church, and I woke up about that time when he said, Aaron's rod that budded. And I said, louder than I knew, Mom, is he preaching about me? And in a family church, everybody heard me. Rodbud. That's an innocent name. It's not a bad name. I didn't have to recover from that name. But if you're here today and you were you were you were labeled a with some handicapped name as liar, cheater, immoral, sinner, things aren't right, deceiver, gambler, abuser, neglector, names that people have called you. Names hurt, don't they? Names hurt. Growing up, kids are cruel. They'll label you according to how you appear or something that you did. Social media is destroying our children. You can't run from it. They can't get away from it. They used to leave it at school. Man, I don't know why I'm going here. They used to leave it at school. Kids bullying at school. They can't get away from it. Now they get home and it's on their social media page. They attack them publicly. And kids are walking away with, with scars and wounds of labels that they can't really seem to get away. That's why suicide is so high among our teens because they can't get away from the labels of a mistake that they made. And that's what Jacob was doing. I'm trying to do right, but I keep hearing this label. I keep hearing this name. And oh, I don't want it to be that way no more. Oh, Jacob, you got to understand something. You won't, you won't be known as that any longer. It's not going to be known as the children of Jacob. It's going to be known as the, the nation of Israel. 
Jacob, your name is about to change. It will not ever be the same again. And in Revelation that I read, the, the, the verse in Revelation that I read to you today, it says to him that overcometh, you gotta overcome some titles. You gotta overcome some criticism. I've learned when people get converted, their family's not always happy about it. Their peer group's not only happy about it. One group told a boy that came out of the high school that was delivered from drugs and growing marijuana in his attic under black lights and all that, they had told him, if you go down to that church and get changed, we're gonna drag you out and put cocaine up your nose because that's who you are. You're not one of those Christian people. They said, we're gonna drag you out of there. Not everybody's happy about your conversion. And that's what Jacob was struggling with. That's what he was wrestling with. But don't ever forget the prophecy is that the second born nature is gonna be stronger than the first born nature. When you're born again, you can overcome addiction. When you're born again, there's something called grace that can overcome fear, overcome bitterness, overcome offense. Somebody shout, the Lord is with my born again self. For with God, all things are possible. And he said this to him that overcometh, will I give to eat of the hidden manna. You're gonna have access to heavenly bread and will give him a white stone. Of that white stone in scripture, it was a relationship stone. How many's ever seen those necklaces or, or things to wear? You take somebody's name and you give them your name have a half point on it. You, you exchange names. And the white stone was that, is that there would be names, two names written on the white stone. It was, it was a white stone of pardon. That white stone was used as a pardon. That meant it would not be held to your account. There's so much in this verse. But what would happen is God would take your name and he would give you a new name. Somebody say amen. amen. And that's why when you get baptized in the name, listen, I'm gonna tell you why we don't baptize saying, in the, saying quoting in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost because no one in scripture ever did that. That's tradition. We baptize in one name. When they said, well, people were going around bragging and said, well, Paulus baptized me. It doesn't matter who baptized you. That's not what saves you. It, 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 it's not whether Brother Cody or somebody else baptizes you, you get a better experience of baptism. And not the person that baptizes you. Somebody else said, well, the Apostle Paul baptized me. My baptism is greater than your baptism because I was baptized by the Apostle Paul. He said, stop it. Watch what he says in his teaching. He said, neither one of us died for you. We're not baptized in the name of Paul or the name of, the, of Apollos. Why? Because we're not the ones crucified. He said, you're baptized in the name of the one that was crucified for you. That's why always and ever they baptized you in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout Jesus. 
and you came in a sinner that said, I don't want to live this way no more. There was a struggle. I don't want to live. I want a new way. I want to live a better life. I don't want to be a sinner. And you said, God, I surrender. Like Saul, I pray, God, change me. You get down in this water. Guess what? You go down a sinner and you exchange names. God takes your name and he writes it in the Lamb's book of life, but then you take his name. It's no longer sinner, it's saint. It's no longer bound, but free. It's no, no longer lost, but found. It's a name change. Somebody say a new name has been written down in glory. And then on the judgment day, he's gonna call my name. But here, the Bible says it gives an answer of a good conscience toward God. Man, I feel this right now. First Peter 3 and 20. I'm trying to close, I promise. Watch what it says in First Peter 3 and 20. Everybody say baptism. Do you believe everybody ought to be baptized? Come on, we're biblical. Watch this. First Peter 3 and 20, which sometime were disobedient. When once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was a preparing, wherein few, that is, eight, what? Souls were saved by what? Talking about in Noah's day. Noah and his wife, Ham, Shem, and Japheth, their three wives, there was eight souls saved by I thought it was the ark. I thought Noah was saved by the ark. If it would have said eight people, it would have said the ark. Then it says eight souls. Because the problem in the world was sin. And when God sent the flood, the water, the water washed away the sin. It destroyed the sin. And it lifted them up out of sin. Praise God. That's what the water did. It washed it away. It destroyed it. And it lifted them up above it. Woo! Watch the like figure, verse 21, whereunto even baptism doth also now save us, not put it away of the filth of the flesh for the answer of a good conscience toward God. Hear me, it's not gonna resurrect the dead man that you killed. It's not gonna undrink the bottle of alcohol that you drank. It's not gonna undo. It's not gonna cause you to be a virgin and you've already lost that, but it's not gonna cause you to be a virgin again. But in the eyes of God, you will no longer be, be that sinner. You'll no longer be the alcoholic. In God's eyes, you will no longer be a murderer. And even better, you don't have to label yourself that anymore. You don't have to say, well, I'm an alcoholic and I've always been an alcoholic. I, I did, no, 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 no. He gives you a new name. You say, I'm free. I'm not what I used to be. I'm not what I used to be. Somebody shout, I've received a new name. And now the name is what? Holy. Righteous. Pure. Son of God. Child of God. Bride of Christ. Saint. He says, as such were some of you, but you've been washed in the blood. Come on, he doesn't call me sinners. He didn't, he didn't even, he calls me his. I belong to him now. 
It wasn't just a joining of a church. It's a brand new beginning. It's a brand new start. I want you to lift your hands all over this building and say, God has given me a new name. God has given me a new name. Come on, Jacob, it's worth wrestling for. I don't want to continue the path I've been going. I don't want to call myself what everybody else has called me. Come on, Paul. I'll no longer be Saul. I am an apostle that's been born out of due time. God's got a plan for my life. I want everybody that would to come and gather around this altar. I'm an apostle. Who are you today? I'm not broken, I'm healed. I'm not wounded, I'm healed. I'm not bound, everybody shout, I'm free. How many know there's a new name in this room? There's a new name in this building. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We got to understand the validity of the scripture. He went to the Calvary to give me a new name. Oh God, in Jesus' name. I want everybody in this room to say, God, I don't want, I don't want to be what they labeled me. I don't want to be what I called myself. Lord, I don't want to be a deceiver. I want to be what you want me to be. God, I want to become Israel as a prince that has power with God and men. I'm going to have influence. I'm going to make a difference in my family. I'm going to have, there's a leadership in me. There's, there's greatness in me. There's prosperity in me. There's blessing in me. I'm not what I used to be. I put off the old man. I put on a new man. I'm going to do something for the Lord. I'm going to do something in somebody's life that's going to make a difference. Hallelujah. Come on, all over this building, I want you to begin to tell the Lord, I'm so glad I'm not what I used to be. I'm so glad I'm not what I used to be. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.